In this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, I give you my five reasons why I think you should own a handgun. We go through those five reasons. I got some show notes that I'm going to share with you. And we talk about some FBI statistics that I thought were interesting. Hopefully you find them interesting too. Hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Range Minded Podcast. All right, welcome back, friends, to the Range Minded Podcast. Again, my name is Steve Zimmerman. I'll be your host for tonight, or today, or at lunch, or in your drive, or wherever you're going. I think I have a show that, well, it, it might interest you, it might not, but it definitely interests me, and that's all that really matters, isn't it? Maybe not. Well, today we're going to talk about the top five reasons that I came up with anyways of why you should own a handgun. Now, let me preface this by saying you should own more than one handgun. I mean, come on. You can't just have one. It's like Pringles, right? Once you pop, you can't stop. Plus, just quick PSA. I want you to think about all those poor guns sitting in, in those gun stores just waiting to be adopted. You know, I seem to remember an advertisement as a kid where you see these poor little dogs all wounded and wrapped up with some annoying liberal lady singing in the background about how just a few cents a day could you too could support these poor defenseless little animals. And you know how it just tugs on your heartstrings until the music starts and then you want to just turn the TV off? Nonetheless, as my PSA for you in this show... You need to set a few dollars aside every day. Abandon that cup of coffee or that gas station burrito and don't go and adopt a firearm. It it would help. Every little bit helps. Anyways, back to the real reality of what we're talking about. The top five reasons that I think you should own a handgun. And I'm going to do my best to put these links in the show notes because... Some of the stuff we'll be talking about I think is awesome because guns are awesome. I, I do like statistics and stories and uh, information to bolster a, an intellectual conversation. Mind you, any kind of conversation for me is far from intellectual. So you can take my uh, opinion with a grain of salt and you need to do your own research because I have a feeling you will come to a lot of the same conclusions as I did. All right. <clears throat> Number one. Or should I do this in backwards? No, no. We're going to go in the same way. I was thinking uh, David Letterman, when he was actually entertaining, would go through the top ten list. But, uh, yeah, he's he's kind of a, a moron. I used to really love him as a kid. Man. Focus, Steve. Focus. Focus. All right. Number one. And I, you've heard me read this before. And I'm going to read it again. It is your constitutional right. Now you should have this committed to memory. Because it should be. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now again, you should have that memorized. Because that is your second amendment right. It is your right as a citizen of the United States, to keep and bear arms. Now, we could get into some kind of doctrinal discussion about what it means to keep and to bear, 
or even regulated, which I think we did talk about a few episodes ago. But you really have the right, a right, mind you, given by God, if you believe in a God, not given by the government. You see, privileges are given by the government. Rights are not. So, number one, and maybe you should write this down on a sticky note to stick on the mirror or your windshield, but not in your plain view of sight, that this list. It is your constitutional right, numero uno. <clears throat> All right. The second one I think is interesting, and maybe it's obvious. What do you guys think number two might be? Not that number two. The second reason to own a handgun. Let's click on the link. I'm going to, like I say, do my best to get these links uh, set up for you guys to enjoy as well. I want you, I want you guys to think of a scenario. Let's say you're traveling with your family, and you need to get fuel for the vehicle. You're in the, a part of town that maybe you're not familiar with, maybe not the best place in town, but you, like many Americans, feel naive and, and think that this will never happen to you. You roll up to get some gas, and while you're not paying attention at the pump, some thug shows up, asks for your wallet or your keys, that happens too, threatens your life, with the lives of one of the lives of your family members or a friend, and you're left completely helpless and alone, waiting for the cops to show up, or something far, far worse. The government, the current administration, I shouldn't say the government, the current administration and, and many of those in power, air quotes, will have you to believe that nobody stops violent crimes with a gun. Nobody. But that's not quite true is it <clears throat> here's a a nice little essay or report or whatever you want to say from mr john r lott jr now that name should sound familiar to do if, to you if not you need to look him up because the man is a genius and as it comes to anything pro-gun on an intellectual level he has a way an eloquent way might i add than president obama's argument about um, any kind of defensive use of firearms and it was the first time the CDC's ever really done any kind of reporting like that. Now, you also got to understand, and I think I have a clip here that we can play later on in the show, that Joe Biden talks about, what is it, the public health crisis. That, that's important, and that's kind of where I think Obama was trying to get to with the CDC looking into this. Because once we go into that public health crisis problem, it's easier to draft legislation to fight against your gun rights. Anyway. So Lot, in this article, goes through a few different defensive gun use scenarios, ultimately looking for like how many defensive uses there are in the United States. Now, I should have marked this. So in 2021, there was near, there was, anyway, there was over a million defensive gun uses. <clears throat> now, if you remember, I didn't pull this up because I can't remember what worthless senator brought it up during the debates for the Safer Communities Act, saying that nobody's going to stop a, a, a gun with a gun. That doesn't happen. And uh, you saw in this, um, the 4th of July thing that happened, uh, well, on the 4th of July, which was absolutely terrible and tragic. They're, they're all saying, well, there were cops there. They didn't stop the bad guy with a gun. Um, I actually got into a, a waste of time 
debate with on Facebook with a guy saying that, oh, well, what are you, you you're going to pull out your gun and, and shoot the guy? And I will, yeah, I would have at least tried. You can't shoot that far. But I didn't tell him. And somewhere I got the pictures to prove it. Uh, there was a day when I could hit a dime at 75 feet. I'm sure I can at least get some lead close to the dude, even though he's posted up on a roof. Enough to maybe give some time to somebody else to, to scamper off. So this, according to this, Department of Justice says that there's 100,000 defensive uh, defensive uses a year. But that, I don't know. That That's DOJ. They're, they're tough, you know. Anyway, I'm going to link this article in the show notes so you can actually read it. And any other kind of information that you are interested in, you can just Google John Lott's stuff. He's, it's pretty awesome what, uh, what kind of work he puts into it. So number two is self-defense. Again, caveat with that, just carrying a gun doesn't make you, well, two things. It doesn't make you a pseudo-law officer, right? You can't just jump in there and, and take care of business, right? Uh, that's not your job. You have to justify the use of force. You, you're not uh, you're not just randomly deputized when you buy a gun. The other thing is is, and I I've seen this a lot, and I know we've talked about this as well. Jump back in other shows. Just because you own a gun and you carry a gun, it doesn't mean you're proficient with that gun. As gun owners, we need to do our due diligence in a understanding the legal aspects of the state that we live in of carrying a gun or a knife or any other kind of self-defense tool. And B, we need to get the proper training and become as proficient as we can um, with each one of those tools. And I'm also going to throw in the, you should probably get some uh, medical training because when you're in the business of making holes, you need to also be in the business of plugging holes up. Please carry some kind of medical equipment with you, even if it's just a tourniquet, and then get some training on understanding how to use that because you can also cause some serious damage like any other tool if it's used improperly. So self-defense, number two. All right, number three. Now, maybe some of you guys don't realize this, but hunting is kind of a big deal in the United States um, as it is in many parts of the world. Now, maybe you also don't realize that hunting has been a part of human civilization from the beginning. Now, I know, well, I don't know. I didn't live back then. But you can imagine thousands of years ago, they may have used a rock and a sling, the atlatl. I think that's how you say it. I know the Australian Aborigines used the atlatl a lot, as well as many of the old school indigenous tribes through Africa and, and all the way up into even into Europe. Um, and then as technology increased, uh, they went to bows and arrows. And then crossbows became a thing, right? Then rifles. And then, yes, handguns. So, yeah, third reason to own a handgun is for hunting. Now, you might think, Steve, you're an idiot. Nobody uses a handgun to hunt. Well, I can tell you straight up that's incorrect. Now, I'm not a hunting expert. I have never really hunted anything. Um, I am absolutely for hunting. Just because I'm a gun guy does not mean that uh, that I hunt. 
just like some people think that the Second Amendment only has to do with hunting, uh, that's not true. One of my favorite people I've ever met and uh, and some of the best videos I've ever seen as far as hunting uh, is a guy named Razor Dobbs. He's getting old. I haven't seen him really produce any cool hunting videos lately. He's kind of chilled out. I know he does a lot of um, UTV racing now. But, man, he does some awesome hunting videos, which are probably available on some of the pay services. But, man, like, he, there's videos of, of him hunting with his Dan Dan Wesson, I think is what it was, 1911 and 10 millimeter. And he's shooting wild hogs. He's shooting, I think he took down a zebra, elk and deer, like, like it was nothing. Now, bullet selection, when it comes to hunting with handguns, bullet selection is very important and vital, I would say. And also making sure you have uh, a handgun that can inflict the most damage possible in such a small package. Now, come on. That no, no, that's what she said. Jokes. I know somebody out there just said that or thought it at least. So hunting, yeah, I, I'm telling you, you need to get on YouTube after you listen to the show, and 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 listen or listen watch. Some of Razor Dobbs hunting videos, you'll become addicted to it like I did. In fact, my my middle daughter loves watching those with me too. So it's a good time, good family entertainment. It's wholesome, and it's just awesome watching somebody actually hunt with a handgun. You don't have to hunt with a semi-auto. In fact, most people think when they go hunting with a handgun, they're gonna think revolvers. And we got on a oh, I got on a conversation with somebody about. Revolver calibers. I think I was teaching like a basic handgun, like super basic handgun to to some uh, scout age boys. And I think one of the dads brought up brought up a large caliber. <clears throat> and and honestly they make a forty five seventy revolver which packs a wallop. The four sixty Roland or not the four sixty Roland but the, the Yeah, 'cause the Roland's anyway. The five hundred Smith 480 is that what it is gosh i can't remember now they plenty of power plenty of power if you've shot off smith and wesson 500 that they make in a in an air light frame and a snub nose good grief good that's a lot of power in in a, in a handgun and and i mean they're designed for mostly for like bear defense and that kind of stuff when they come to the shorter barrels but there's there's hunters out there that take large game and some dangerous game with handguns, which is awesome, in my opinion. All right, so we've made it through four, right? Nope, three. So <clears throat> number four, and this is probably some of the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Is that inappropriate? Competition shooting or sport shooting. Now, there's... A ton of different avenues when it comes to to sport when it comes to guns so you got obviously trap or clay pigeon with your shotguns long range with your rifles three guns so you can shoot ar style guns with your with your shotgun and your handgun or just straight up idpa or uspsa and and they say that they're, they're like real life scenario self-defense scenarios which the, the idpa matches that i've watched they seem a little silly and some of their rules are kind of frustrating, especially if you come from a USPSA side of it all. But it is 
it is still cool. And anytime you get in a competition setting where you're worried about accuracy and time and movement, all those things correspond to in a self-defense world. And, and it's a fun way to develop your skills. I highly recommend. Highly recommend. So I'm going to link um, some IDPA stuff. It talks a little bit about where they came from and a little bit about the sport itself. And I guarantee, no matter what state you live in, there is some kind of IDPA-style group that's that's there. And, and the same with USPSA. I shot some USPSA-style matches kind of towards the beginning of my real handgun journey, especially when I first became an instructor and running ranges. I, I shot a couple of those USPSA, which is United States Practical Pistol Shooters Association. I think I got that right. Shooting Association. Anyway, USPSA. There... That's a little bit more high speed, a little bit more intense. Like if you're watching like Keanu Reeves when he's he's shooting at, and it's kind of, I guess it's kind of not the same thing, but where, where he goes to uh, Taron Butler's range and he's like running through guns real quick, that's kind of like USPSA. That's just like a goof around range. I shouldn't say that because it, it's still oops, still pretty serious. Anytime shooting a gun, it, you got to be serious. But USPSA, in my opinion is a ton of fun. Now, there's a lot that goes into the rules when it comes to competitive shooting, and we're, we, we need to get a competitive shooter on to really kind of dive into those. You know, we talk about power factor, which has to do with the caliber and the velocity, I think, of your bullets. It kind of There's a, some witchcraft mathematician stuff going on there where they, they figure out your power factor. If you're shooting major or minor, and I don't know if that works in the... the oh. What did we just, IDPA, gosh, my brain is not working today. I don't know if that goes in the IDPA as much as it does USPSA, but there's a lot. And then the scoring comes in, and then there's qualifiers, which determine how good of a shooter you are, so it puts you in a different class of shooters, hence the term classifier. How about that? That's kind of kind of interesting use of words there, huh? Um, either way, whether you go IDPA or USPSA or some other style of sport shooting, it is a ton of fun. It's not cheap, but it is a ton of fun. And, and that's one of my, my fourth reason of why you need to own a handgun. All right. Now, my final reason why you should own a handgun is because the government says you shouldn't have one. And to kick against the pricks a little bit, if somebody says you shouldn't have one, then may, maybe you should. Okay, that. That might not be in all cases, but definitely when it comes to the government, who's um, current administration, who's been desperately trying to take away your rights, yeah, I think you need to get one. Just if, even if not for those reasons we just talked about, defense or sport or hunting, it's just good to have one to exercise your rights as a as a citizen of the United States. So, if you remember back in eh, well, this is April. I don't know if I'm going to play this clip. April 28th, 2021, Joe Biden goes crazy about about gun control. And, I mean, it's, he's been, a, we've known where this was going before he even got elected. He hasn't been shy about talking about it. Yeah, I don't think, I'm, it's five and a half minutes. I don't think I'm going to play this. It'll probably get boring. I'll, I'll lose listeners if we play it. But I'm going to link it. And he goes through the, the health crisis, right? This is where I came up with that, or what reminded me of the, the, the public health crisis of, of uh, the gun epidemic, right? And it's important that we understand and we listen to 
the government, and mostly the naysayers, not necessarily the government, but the, the people that are willing to sell you down the river for your rights or to, to take something away that they didn't give to you, they really are stealing, right? It's, it's just like somebody coming into your house and stealing your TV. The lefties are, are stealing your rights away from you, something that was given to you, and, and they cannot take something that they didn't give to you. Uh, but yeah, in this five minute clip, he just, he goes off. I like, I was having an aneurysm just listening to him because, uh, well, he's more senile than I am. And maybe, maybe it's just competing mindsets. Another thing I wanted to, to and, I'll, and I'll post it in here. This is from the Poop Poo, <laughs> the Pew Research Center. Um, and do they know that they stole that Pew, Pew Pew? This was published, this article was published... Oh, all the way back in 2017. So the the numbers have changed quite a bit um, since 2017. And right on the top of the article, they have this pie chart about percentage of Americans that live in a home with a gun or that own a gun or don't. And I have a sneaking hunch that this pie chart is extremely out of date. So they say 42% of uh, citizens of the United States live in a household with a gun. I have a sneaking hunch that's much, much higher. And, and what's funny, oh, yeah, I guess that does calculate. I was going to say there's a, sec, a segment of the pie chart that's different, but I guess when you add these two, it says 30% currently own a gun, 11% don't own a gun but live with somebody that they do. So that's not 42, that's 41. I guess their math is a little off. And then it says 57% of Americans do not live in a household with guns. Uh, I, I, I really believe that number's different, um, especially with the recent, uh, the last couple of years worth of craziness. Also on this, there's a there's some, some bar graphs here. It says 48% of Americans grew up in a household with guns. Um, there's 59% that say that their friends own guns. And 72% of Americans, at least in 2017, have reported that they have shot a gun. Which, you know, after you shoot, as long as you've shot responsibly... That uh, that gun ownership should be a little bit higher than than forty two percent, or at least thirty percent, I guess, in their chart. Another thing that's that's kind of interesting. It's they kind of cut through like a section of of boy. Can you say race? They they went through some of the demographics about who owns guns as far as by race. It says white adults are more likely than black or Hispanics to own guns, maybe legally. Boy, it was that a, that did not. I did not mean to make that sound racist, but I think of a lot of the inner city crime. They're they're not going to pull these idiots that are in gang banging doing stuff. Come on, I that I think that's probably flawed. Of course, this is Pew Research. Forty percent, forty eight percent of white men say that they currently own a gun, compared to twenty twenty four percent of white women. Again, these numbers are totally different now. <clears throat> um, there's a vast urban and rural divide. Uh, among adults, it's 46% say they own a gun versus 20% of adults who live in suburbs say they own a gun. Yeah, that, that's probably pretty close for what it is right now, I bet. It's, that probably hasn't changed too much. That's that's pretty sad. Let's see. It says 38% say that they have a gun that is both loaded and easily accessible to them all of the time when they are at home. <laughs> but they don't even ask about, oh yeah, here it is, 26% carry outside the home. That's probably still a pretty close statistic. It should be much higher than that. It should be, 
it should be closer to, well, maybe 30%, which I guess it is pretty close. About three quarters of gun owners say that owning a gun is essential to their freedom. That should be a hundred percent of gun owners should say that's illegal. That, oh my gosh, let me read that again so you can you can digest that. About three quarters of gun owners say that owning a gun is essential to their freedom. Why isn't it all of them? Look, this is this is why we talk about being good advocates of the Second Amendment, good stewards of the Second Amendment. And why I keep saying take people shooting. It should be 100% of gun owners say it's essential to their freedom. 100%. I'm interested to see who they surveyed. Um, oh, look. It says right here. Survey of U.S. adults conducted on March 20th, or 13th through 27th, 2018. 17, sorry. But it, it doesn't say who, who, the, who they surveyed. Still, that should be 100%. Oh, that's frustrating. There's some agreement and many divisions between owners and non-owners of gun proposals. No kidding. The, the numbers are exactly the same, gun owners and non-gun owners, saying that the mentally ill should be prevented from purchasing guns, which, oddly enough, is in the 4473. Background checks on all gun sales. Gun owners are 77%. Non-gun owners are 87%. Background checks are done other than private sales, so that's kind of a stupid argument. Now, if they're talking about universal background checks, uh, hopefully all gun owners are like, nah, not going to happen. Barring gun purchases by people on no-fly or watch lists. Now, this is, a, this is always a funny one. Uh, maybe some of you remember, uh, what was his name, Ted, Ted Kennedy? Uh, he was on a no-fly list. So I'm I'm totally okay with him not having a gun, I guess. But a lot of people can be put on no-fly lists that shouldn't be even on the no-fly list. That's kind of arbitrary and passive. That's kind of a, a stupid thing. So I, I, I'm surprised that it's as high as it is. Creating a federal database to track all gun sales, which is universal background checks. So 54% of gun owners and 80% of non-gun owners. That should be much lower among the gun owners. <clears throat> that is a pseudo gun registry. They can go back and track where that gun has been all the time. Oh yes, the the banning of assault style weapons. S such a stupid phrase. Forty eight percent of gun owners say that they should ban assault weapons. I say that's bullshit. That 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 just tells me that whoever they surveyed, it's got to be inner city that doesn't understand. Uh, High-capacity magazines. You mean standard-capacity magazines? 48% of gun owners, 77% of non-gun owners. That's another bullshit statistic. No, screw those guys. That's a that's a standard-capacity magazine. Allowing concealed carry. 37% of gun owners, or so no, yeah, 67% of gun owners, 37% of non-gun owners. It should be much higher. Like, I understand there's places that, that uh, maybe we shouldn't carry. But if you're a responsible gun owner, those places should be few. Come on, gun owners. Come on. Allowing teachers and officials to carry through K-12 through schools. That should be 100% of gun owners, but check this out, 66%. Again, this is 2017. A lot has changed. Um, shortening waiting periods for buying guns legally. There should be no waiting period. There's a reason why it's called a national instant check system. 
It should be instant. Oh, that was 53% of uh, gun owners say it needs to be shortened, while 29% of non-gun owners should say it should. Allowing concealed carry without permit. That is constitutional carry. Gun owners, where in the heck are you? 33% of gun owners should believe in constitutional carry. No, that should be 100%. Red, white, and blue freedom, baby. There's a reason why. Anyway, this is kind of an interesting article. It, it helps people look on the the opposite side of gun ownership, kind of the, the lefty's point of view. Some of it may be frustrating to read, um, but it is still some interesting research. I don't know where they got their data from. Again, I don't know who they surveyed to get some of these answers to some of these questions, but it's probably wrong. Okay, this is what I was really excited to get to. So we've already gone through the top five reasons to own a handgun. So this is kind of bonus material. Um, so remember, it's it's your constitutional right was number one. Self-defense, number two. Three was hunting. And uh, four was sport and competition. And five was because the government says you shouldn't have one. Now I wanted to, to point this out. This is interesting statistics. I couldn't find anything newer than 2019. So I know some of these numbers are going to be a little different than what they are if it was absolutely current. I was reading through some other articles tonight, and uh, they said that the governments with the, or the, sorry, the states with the least amount of gun control have the highest homicide mortality rates due to gun control, or due to firearm uses. Um, not according to the FBI. I'm curious to see where they got that information. Maybe they were doing by by cap per capita, and then throw, I, I don't know how they figured. It probably is a per capita when it's not It's not quite the right way to look at it. Handguns, to use you know the type of firearm used, seven of those nine murders were handguns, and two of them were firearms unknown. So I, I guess we'll just have to, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Interestingly enough, there were three murders involving knives or other cutting instruments and hands and fist killed one person in in Wyoming in 2019. Now let's just go to, oh, I don't know. How about Illinois? Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, total murders, 771. Of those 771, 564 of those were were done by handgun, seven were done by rifle, four shotgun, 72, some kind of gun that they didn't know, meaning they just didn't recover it, and they weren't sure what it was, 70 by cutting, knives or cutting instruments, um, that's interesting, because if you look, rifles, it says all rifles, not assault rifles, rifles killed seven, yet knives killed 70, huh? Uh, other weapons, 44. And hands, fists, or feet, 10 people were killed. So more people were beat to death than shot by rifle in 2019 in Illinois. Well, that doesn't really work out for them, huh? Let's try another one. Let's see. So we're in Idaho. That's where Range Minded is located. So in 19, we had 35 deaths. Or sorry, 35 more than 35 deaths, 35 murders in, in Idaho in 2019. Um, 
nine of those were caused by handguns, zero by rifle, zero by shotgun, seven by unknown firearm, three by knives, 13 by other weapons, and three were beat to death. Uh, well, that doesn't sound like... Chicago sounds still like it's uh, it's pretty bad. Or Illinois, all of the state of Illinois. Let's see, let's try... Hmm, what's another super dangerous place? Um, oh, look, California. In fact, California takes the cake. Oh, maybe Texas does. Nope, California. Let's go to California. In uh, 2019, there were over 1,600 murders. 762 were murdered with a handgun. 34 by all rifles, 26 by shotgun, 320 by some unknown firearm, 252 by knife. Wait, but assault rifles, no, no, 34 compared to 252. Other weapons, I'm assuming that's like pipes or wrenches or, um, I don't know, some, some homeless dude's face. 183 by other weapons and 102 were beat to death which is three times, more than three times, uh, that of the rifle in California. So don't believe all the statistics that they throw out at you. Now, this comes from the FBI, the FBI Unified Crime Report. I'm not just coming up with these numbers willy-nilly. This is by the FBI, an official document, 2019, and I'll try to, to tag this in there on the, sh the show notes. Just for fun, let me see... What state had the highest rifle murders here? So California's 34. Oh, oh, Texas, 72. Texas, good grief. What's wrong with you? Even higher than Florida? That's crazy. Because you know how crazy Florida is. Yeah, Texas's numbers are pretty high. But I imagine that has to do with cartels and, and a lot of other problems. Yeah, 72 rifles. 568 handgun deaths, a lot of shotgun, a lot of unknown firearms. Not a lot of people stabbed to death. That's interesting. For, for Teja. 127. I guess that's still quite a bit. But 58 people were beaten to death, which is almost as many as all the rifles combined. So anyway, this is kind of interesting. And, and it's good to understand and see these statistics for yourself so you know, hey, most of the stuff that's coming out of the media is just straight up BS. When it comes to, to carrying and using a gun, we, we just talked about training a little while ago, and I can't stress that enough. It's important for you to understand how to use that gun in a stressful situation. That's why I like competitions. We just talked about that too. But there's also things you can do at home. Dry fire practice, we talked about that a few episodes ago and how important that can be for not only your accuracy, but your speed in and out of the holster. Well, not in, out of the holster. You're not winning a gunfight by putting your gun away fast, okay? Don't don't create bad habits. Quick out of the holster, slow and methodical back in so you don't put holes in yourself. Anyway, so guys, that's that's uh, some of the stuff I wanted to talk about, Those the top five reasons and plus a little extra. Again, I'm going to try and link this my notes in the show notes so you can look up and see what I see. I really appreciate having you guys here with me to hang out, and I hope to see you next go-around. Guys, we really appreciate you listening to the Range Minded Podcast. Your time is valuable to us too. We know everybody's busy. We really appreciate your time. 
if you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like and share it with your friends. Um, if you have any comments or concerns, send them this way. It's all right. We can handle it. We're big kids. Um, there's something wrong with our email, so I'm going to have you send it to my personal email. It's uh, impractical tactical, the number 17 at gmail.com. And if you have any suggestions for any guests or specific topics or stuff we can dig into, go ahead, bring it on. We'd love to hear from you guys. Again, thanks for listening to the Range Minded Podcast.